you have to have a business that you want to be there, that you're excited about. Don't make decisions of what you're gonna do in your business based on how other people feel about what you're asking them to do. So I know a lot of people like, you gotta be a, a selfless leader and your job is to serve your team and serve your business. The way you serve your team and serve your business by being fucking fired up about your business and what you guys do. The way you don't serve your team is by taking on all the stuff you pay and then you being miserable and being burned out. No team member is going to pretty much stay with you through the entire lifespan of the business. Be a happy thought. We, we might, maybe we all blindly thought that when we got into business, but then you quickly realize I'm the only one that's got the business's back. The business has got my back and we're the only two ride or dies. Everybody else, they'll stay for a short season, a long season, but they will come and go. I'm the constant. But what a lot of gym owners do is they'll they'll mold to what the team needs and they'll say oh you don't like that don't worry i'll do that and they just become the junk drawer of all the leftovers that everybody else on the team doesn't want to do and then no wonder they feel burned out welcome to the fitness empire podcast where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. What is up? Fitness Empire listeners, welcome in for another episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. Matt and I got a special treat for you. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you're going to get a little bit of visual aid with the topic that we're talking today. This is something that we definitely hear about in our industry, and it is gym owner burnout. And we want to talk about how to avoid it and what you got to do so that you can be in this game for the long haul. So as somebody that's been in fitness 20 years, gym owner for 12 Matt has been in it, you know, a decade plus, like we know what to do to stay in this for the long haul. So we're not speaking from theory, we're speaking from experience. And so it's just concerning to us how many gym owners are using that word and they're using it pretty quick. Like, I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm hearing people say it two years into the industry, three years. I'm like, that's the honeymoon stage, right? Like that, like that's when things are perfect. Like you're going to look back on those days and miss them. You can't be feeling burned out that early. So what that tells us is we're doing something wrong. We're like, it should, that's not how the game is supposed to be. This is not the game that you signed up for. And so we got to do some fixing, some restructuring, and we got to put you in a position where you got long-term energy because that's how you win in business, whether it's fitness or otherwise, you got to be thinking long-term and not in days and decades. And so that's what we want to talk about today. And I'm excited for this because this is something that will help people and it's beyond the normal topics all the other gurus are talking about, which is the next marketing strategy or, you know, et cetera. We're talking how to think, mindset, how to approach business. And that's something that's unique to this podcast. You guys are not going to get somewhere else. So Matt, without further ado, man, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. And one of the ways to, to not burn out is to get around other high performers in the yes. same room. So just to drop it on your guys' radar again, we dropped it last week. March 14th, 15th, 16th is going to be the next domination workshop. And we're focusing solely on large group training. So if you do any type of large group training, boot camp, you're going to want to come to this. So it's three days. You're going to be with me and Dustin and, and special guests and around other high performers and other gym owners and getting reinvigorated. So one of the, the keys to my success, and I know Dustin 
was advocate about going and learning and getting around other people and getting in the right environments that are going to put you in the right states to grow your business. And sometimes getting away from your business is important, right? Just get taking a break, getting out of that environment, getting fresh ideas, because oftentimes your best ideas are going to come outside of that environment, right? If you're feeling burnout, you're feeling stuck, you're not going to sometimes alleviate that in that same environment. Sometimes you have to remove yourself with a new mindset um, and new states, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second, uh, to be able to take your business to where it needs to go and refresh yourself. Um, so if you are feeling burned out, you are feeling uh, very stale, sometimes getting out of that environment and getting around other people um, and getting energy from other people is really important. So mark your calendars. March 14th, 15th, 16th, we'll have a sales page soon that you can sign up. Um, but it is the best event to go to for growing large group training. Um, I've been able to grow four gyms to a million dollars with large group only. Uh, so I think it might be worth flying out and learning some of those things. Um, so we're going to get right into the presentation. So this is one of the presentations that I actually give at Domination Workshop, and it's the last presentation that I give because it's all about having the mindset to play the infinite game in the fitness industry. The fitness industry is tough. It will knock you to your knees. There's so many things inside the fitness industry that I think are tougher than any other industry because it is a people-focused business at a level that I don't think any other business can do that, right? So if you're a people business, some people are like, well, any service-based business is a people business. We're seeing clients three to six times a week. We're dealing with clients with, uh, you know, they struggle with, with eating well. They struggle to get to the gym. They bring their life events to the gym and you work sometimes almost as a therapist for them, right? It can be very draining. It can be very tough. Um, so I don't think any service-based industry has the level that we have with people. And with that, that can... Take, take it out of you, right? You're dealing with your coaches and trainers as well. You're dealing with, at our peak, some of our gyms had a thousand clients. That's a thousand problems walking through the door every single day. And the hard part is you just don't know what's going to walk through your door. You don't know what you're waking up to in your email or your text messages or your, your Facebook messenger. So you yeah. have to have the right mindset. And it's no different than anything in life, right? If we want clients to transform their life, you first need to transform their mindset. If they don't transform their mindset, then they're not going to transform their life. If you want to stay in this for the long haul, you're going to have to transform your mindset and look at your business in a different way. And these are a lot of things that I've had to learn because there's many times and everyone's lying, like, if it, I'm not going to say, hey, because of this, it's just going to be sunshine and rainbows and magically it's going to feel awesome every single day. There probably hasn't been a week in the last five years that I'm just like, you know what, it'd just be easier to quit. Like I could do other things that are way easier than this and probably make more money and have less stress than what I have inside of this business, right? So it's nor. I just wanted to say it's normal to want to quit. It's normal to want to give up. It's normal to question yourself. These things are all normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And I think sometimes we suffer because we think these thoughts are abnormal and we think that there is something wrong with us. Any guru, right now there's a company that's like, hey, learn how to build a stress-free seven-figure business, seven-figure gym. There's right. no such thing as a stress-free running a gym. Great marketing tactics, great sales pitch, 
But if your expectation is that you're going to run a seven-figure gym and it is going to be stress-free, that is not reality. And the gap between expectations and reality is where frustration is. So oftentimes, a lot of our frustration in our business and in our life is because of the gap between reality and expectations. So we need to have realistic expectations. It's no different than your clients. If they come in and they think they're going to lose 100 pounds in three months, and that's their expectation, and they lose 20 pounds in three months, they're going to be really, really, really upset, right? So part of it is setting realistic expectations uh, because that gap will kill you. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, the first thing, our entire business is energy and state management. Your ability to manage your energy in your state will dictate how long that you can withstand being in this business. If you don't have the skills and the ability to manage your energy and manage your state, then you are going to burn out real quickly. Uh, one year, two years, three years. But everybody that's in it for the long run and isn't absolutely miserable, they've found strategies to manage their energy and to manage their state. So their states yes. are the thoughts, the beliefs, and the feelings. Your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings dictate your states, your states dictate your actions, right? So if you have negative states around your business and you wake up every day hating what you do, what do you think that does to your energy? Your energy is terrible, right? And terrible energy leads to, to bad outcomes in our business. Like you need to have good energy in this business. You need to show up with good energy for your team. You need to show up with good energy for your clients. And then ultimately, you can't just give all your energy to your clients and your team. You got to show up for your family with good energy as well. So your ability to do that will dictate your success, but it'll also dictate how you feel, right? So I'm going to give you some tools, some tactics, some thoughts, some strategies, some coping mechanisms to be able to um, manage your energy and manage your state and hopefully give you guys permission to make some changes in your business that you're probably desperately wanting to do, but don't have the courage to do uh, today that is robbing you of your states and robbing you of your energy. Now, there is a book um, called The EOS Life. And I it was about two and a half years ago. It was kind of like the peak of COVID. And I was actually, uh, I wasn't burned out, but I was like, I was done. I didn't want to do this shit anymore. I was like, this isn't worth it, right? Like, we're fine. Everything was good. But like, what I loved about our business, my state about my business was bad. Um, and I'm going to go into a little bit of that. And we were doing EOS and, and the implementer gave me a book. It was a new book out. I don't know if he intentionally did it or not, but it was just like a gift. Gave me a book. And I was like, this, this is why I'm struggling right now is because these things are in place. Or there was certain aspects that they were talking about inside of the book where I'm like, yep, yep, yep. So I went on a mission to fix that over the next year and my energy and my states changed. I became in a much better place in some of my business, but I also became self-aware, right? And oftentimes when we're not intentional, things start to slip that start to affect our states and our energy. So part of it is being able to be intentional. That's why being in masterminds or in groups or going to events a lot of those things get you re-intentional about your states and, and your energy inside of your business. And then you kind of need another boost. 
So oftentimes that people go to masterminds, they get a boost, it goes back down, they get a boost, it goes back down, they they need a boost. And be like, I shouldn't need a boost. If you need a boost, go find your boost. It's totally fine. That That's called self-awareness, right? So the five key components of the EOS life are do what you love. And I'll cut to the chase. I was doing a lot of shit I hate. A lot of stuff that I'm not good at. A lot of stuff that makes me miserable and kills my energy. So every day I was waking up doing stuff I didn't like anymore. The two to three years previous, I was very good about making sure that I was in my zone of genius doing the things that I was uniquely good at doing. Um, And then I lost that. I started taking on more than I should. And I started taking on tasks that I really hated because I wasn't delegating anymore. And part of that, number two, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see my screen. Uh, Number two, with people that you love. So that's the second part. And uh, for me, um, at that time, a lot of people on my leadership team were no longer conducive to me having good energy and me showing up in good states because their personality type uh, was no longer uh, working with my personality type. And there was just a lot of conflict and a lot of energy sucking and a lot of energy vampires and a lot of drama and a lot of focusing on stuff that doesn't matter. Dustin made an awesome yeah. post. It was three days ago. Uh, I shared it with uh, w- with my team the, the other day and it, on mission or off mission conversations. And yeah. the off mission conversations were about 80% of the time. And it was just soul sucking, right? It was like, I knew like I was avoiding meetings. I didn't want to go into work. Like I would cancel meetings with, with my leadership team because I just didn't, I knew where the meetings were going to go. And I was like, I don't, I don't even want to show up to this crap. Cause I know like there's just going to be complaining about people gossiping, like just wasn't fun anymore. So that the people I was doing it with, many of them were no longer, their values didn't align with my values and they were robbing me of energy, right? Uh, you want to do something that makes you feel like you're making a difference. Even though I was in the fitness industry, because so much of my time was on off mission tasks and off mission things, I no longer felt like I was making a difference inside of my business, even though we were, we were helping thousands of clients and we were helping gym owners win. I didn't personally feel like I was making a difference anymore because the majority of my time was spent with off mission things or like complaints and problems and issues. And I never got the good stuff. There's so many good things in our business, but sometimes when you elevate too high, all you get is the bad stuff. Right. So there has to be a balance. There's a reason why if you guys follow Grant Cardone uh, for his sales team every day, they start at 8 a.m. with 15 minutes of wins, clients winning, people winning, the good stuff that's happening in the business because they know that the people on the phones are going to go get their butts kicked. They're going to go hear a bunch of no's. There's going to be a bunch of stop calling me. And they want to make sure that they have good states when they start pounding the phones. So for you, Like how much of the crap are you dealing with? Like for me, one of the things that I can't deal with is cancellations. Like if I got to hear cancellations, it's just going to put me in a negative state. Like as a business owner, you can't put your head in the sand and avoid it. But do I need to be on the front lines of a cancellation? Like do I need to take a cancellation request 10 minutes before I need to jump on the floor or 10 minutes before I'm going to go write a sales email or 10 minutes before I'm going to go do something motivational for my clients or my team. 
Yes. The answer would be no, right? It's going to put you in a negative state. So oftentimes we're dealing with things that put us in negative states. So you can't avoid them completely. You can delegate those to other people. You still need to know what's going on inside of your business or you can block those activities where you're like, hey, the, like for example, like I hate doing financial stuff. So I do like a financial meeting on, on Friday. Like, oh, well, I go in the weekend with whatever, right? So like there's just things on the financial side that are boring, tedious, make me want to like blow my brains out. Uh, but they have to be done. But if I'm doing that like on a Monday, like now I'm in a bad state, you know, all week, right? Versus if I do it going into a weekend, I can put whatever that freaking word is at this point, like be able to just let it go, right? So um, being compensated appropriately, like if you're in bad states, it honestly doesn't matter what you're making, right? If you're coming every single day and you hate your life, but a lot of the gym owners that are coming to you, Dustin, I'm guessing aren't doing as well as they would like. And they're in what in behavior change we call the valley of despair, right? I'm putting in all this effort, all this energy, doing all this work, and the reward is not worth it, um. right? So oftentimes we're in burnout because we feel like we're doing all this work, but we're not making progress. Tony Robbins says progress equals motivation. If you don't feel like you're making progress, you're not going to be motivated. But if you're making progress, if you're getting 30, 40 trials a month and you're converting 50% of those and your attrition's at 2 to 3% and every month you're growing, you're probably going, you know what? It's a lot of work, but I feel like I'm winning. I'm making progress. And especially when it comes to the compensation side, because very few people open their business going, hey, I don't want to make money. Most people then go into business going, hey, I want to struggle to pay my bills. Hey, I." no one does that, right? Everyone has this assumption that I open a business, I make a lot of money, and then the reality of it sets in that it's really hard, and then there's a lot of gym owners that are burning out because they're not making the compensation that they need. But the struggle with that is they think that I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing over and over again and hoping for something to change. Yes. Right. And oftentimes you got to make some drastic changes inside of your business. Sometimes you have to internally reflect and go, hey, am I the problem? Right. Am I the reason the business isn't growing? Maybe I need to get some outside eyes and become more self aware of how can I grow my business or get other influences on you to, to help you grow your business. Right. Uh, with time for other passions. A lot of gym owners are burned out because they're working 60, 80 hours a week and they're not able to do some of the stuff that they enjoy or when they're supposed to be with their family, they can't enjoy time with their family, right? They don't have time freedom to do the things that they want to do and they feel like they're a slave to their business because most gym owners, right? They they have a underpaid job. They don't actually have a business. Um, and I'm not saying like, hey, if you love being in your business and you love training and you love doing those things and they give you energy and you're passionate about it, amen, right? Like you should do it. A lot oh, of gym yeah. owners actually feel guilty because they're like, well, I shouldn't be doing any training sessions and I shouldn't be doing these things that I enjoy. And I'm like, who said that? Yeah, if you want to run a business, like you want to make a business not dependent on you, right? That actually makes it scalable and sellable. But if you enjoy those tasks and you enjoy that stuff, then do those things and hire out the other things that, that you hate doing and you're going to enjoy what you do. There's times that I enjoy stepping back in and training and just going, 
I'm just going to train people. I'm just going to do what I actually got into this business to do. Uh, so sometimes when you're burned out, like actually stepping back into some of the activities that you like, that you feel like all the gurus told you you shouldn't be doing because uh, then you don't run a business, right? Like you don't run a business if the business is solely dependent on you. If you were to die, the business fails. You don't have a business, right? If the business is relying on you, then you can't actually sell it which the end goal of any business is that you have the ability if you so desire to be able to sell that business, right? But if you are a slave to your business and you don't feel like you have time to do other things, you can't ever go on vacations. When you're with your family, you don't feel like you can be with your family. Like you always feel like you're on call. You always feel like you're putting out fires. You always feel like you have to be attached to your phone 24 seven and you can't detach from your business, right? then you're going to massively feel burned out because you're going to be on the clock 24-7, which is sometimes we feel like we sign up for that, but sometimes it's because of our own doing, right? Like if you're built, and I always tell my team, like if the building's on fire, don't call me, call the freaking fire department. What am I going to do, right? So part of it is equipping your team so you don't feel like you have to be on all the time and they are equipped to solve problems so that when you are away from your business, your business can run without you. Obviously, usually they run better when you're in and, and have your energy, but can they grow and can they succeed without you, right? Because if you want to scale, they're going to have to succeed without you. If it's solely dependent on you to grow, you will burn out 1000%. But oftentimes, some of the, the gym owners that are burned out, they're martyrs, they're victims. Uh, but they've done it to themselves. So part of that is, hey, self-awareness, like is some of your state and how you're feeling based because you're doing it to yourself, right? And the cool part is if you're self-aware, you can fix it. But if you're not self-aware and you don't realize you're doing that and you just keep playing the victim card, then things will never get better. Before we go on that, is there anything you want to add to that, Dustin? I think you're dead on and I think one exercise everybody should do is write down the top three things that drain their energy that they're doing, you know, pretty regularly. We, whether it's, I'm the same as you, when I'm looking at the finances, it's, I think what drains me is seeing what's going out, but what energizes me is what's coming in. And it's like, Hey, we, we, this is how many challengers we got or is where our EFTs at. It's like, yes, here, let's go team. But it's like, here's payroll, here's rent, here's utility. I'm like, oh my God, what, what, why is that so much? Why did that get high? And so you have to be aware you can't be disconnected from your expenses. That's part of managing money. But yeah, like there's many things that we have to do that sometimes can be draining or not our favorite. And so I think uh, by becoming aware of them and then asking what could be delegated and what can't, because sometimes there's things you can't, you have, like you have to, be the owner you have to be the leader of the finances and you have to oversee that's not something you could delegate to a coach but could you train a manager or a head coach to maybe take over the schedule like if you hate the schedule and you're like man the schedule's right oh i hate planning who's gonna run morning monday morning sessions and this is like sucking the life out of me figure out what you got to keep because you have to do it and then what can you delegate so that you can free up some of that energy because that energy is like stored energy that could be placed somewhere else but it's kind of pooling in this place because you're not freeing it up and it, and it's you know sucking your energy. So that's the only advice I give is identify your top three, yep. 
that are taking your energy and then identify what can you delegate and what do you got to keep and go from there. Yeah. And if you can't delegate it, then put it into time blocks that it doesn't affect your ability to, to do the other things. Smart. Right. So yeah. if they got to get done, do it at a time that I tell my team for progress reports, the people that suck the life out of you, like they're, they get like drama every week and an issue and complaining. <laughs> Don't do them first. Those people go last. Right. So like you, you get through the other ones and then you do it, you get it last. Right. So in many ways that is state management and energy management for my team for that task. So there's just different ways to do that, but first become self-aware of what's draining you and what's affecting you and then find systems to, to overcome that, which we'll talk about a few things here in just a little bit, but from the book EOS life, um, doing what you love. So you have a genetic encoding that is unique to you. You have a talent or superpower. You have a personal sweet spot. There is something that you love to do and that you are great at doing. You are passionate about it. It is your purpose. Your job is to figure out exactly what that is. And once you are clear on it, you should spend all your working time doing it. Right. Now, the person that wrote this book, he he was the founder of EOS. And he's like, I pretty much delegated everything away that I actually sold my company. So he just focused on like writing books and speaking and, and a few other things that he actually, that was his zone of genius and he loved doing it. He actually pretty much delegated himself to selling his company um, at that point. Now you and your business, obviously as you have more revenue, you have permission to delegate things away, right? Um, but really take the time and hopefully this, podcast gets you kind of like thinking, but take the time to, to answer some of the, these questions, right? What kind of work do you love to do? What energizes you? What gets you excited? The days you get to do that, you actually get out of bed quickly and you're excited and you're enthusiastic and you're ready to go. What are those activities? And I would argue, what percentage of the time are you doing those things? And sure. the percentage of that time is very small and the percentage of doing the shit you hate is very high, what do you think that does to your energy? What do you think that does to your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings, your state? It crushes it, right? So are you doing soul-crushing things every single day? It is going to take motivation and willpower to get you through the days. And uh, if motivation and willpower are your, your tools to succeed, those will only take you so far and you will burn out. Um, and hopefully you guys are seeing it's no different than with clients. If what we're asking clients to do, right, their states around what we're asking them to do, what's their states around their workouts? If their states around their workouts are, I hate workouts, workouts suck, they're inconvenient, they make me feel like crap. What, like, how hard do you think it's going to be to get them into the gym? What are the thoughts, their beliefs, and their feelings about meal planning? What's their thoughts, their beliefs, and feelings about uh, meal prepping? What's their thoughts and beliefs and feelings about eating lean protein. If their thoughts are overly negative, their beliefs are overly negative, their feelings are overly negative, it's going to be very hard for them to be consistent with it. And it's the same thing with you. If every day you're doing things that put you in a negative state, it's going to be hard for you to want to do that and you're going to feel burned out all the time. So take five minutes and just write down what kinds of things do you love to do? What's the work that you love to do? If you could just do that all the time, like things would be awesome. Like I like doing this podcast. I like coaching. I like teaching. 
I do not like dealing with people's problems, especially when they're off mission bullshit problems. Like if those could go away, I I would want to do this forever. Right. But it's when it's the off mission stuff that is just not needed and it's low level stuff. It's low level thinking. It's selfish thinking that makes me drives me nuts. So I try to protect myself from having to deal with that stuff as much as I can. When I start getting in the weeds of that stuff, that's when I start going, man, it'd be real nice to just disappear, right? Because I don't want to do that stuff mm-hmm. anymore, all right? So take five minutes, write it down, um, and then rate one to 10. How close are you doing uh, what you love 100% of the time? So how often are you doing those things? The things that you said you love to do, how often are you doing those things? I'm uh, not a betting person, but if I was a betting person, if you're feeling burned out, you're probably not a 10 on I'm doing these things. You're probably at like a five or less, meaning you're not consistently doing activities that you actually love to do. And this is a good audit to do once a month, once a month. Like when I start getting in a funk, it is always, always because I'm not focusing and doing the things I love to do. Sometimes it's, I'm not doing it with people that I love, right? Sometimes it's, I, I don't feel like I'm making a difference. So with that, audit yourself on those things and it will help. So one of the, the biggest things, the best tool, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, is the delegate and elevate tool. So what you want to do next <laughs> is make a laundry list of everything that you do. So everything that you do inside of your business um, another thing that uh, Dustin taught before instead of a mastermind group is make that list, but then also like, how does it affect your energy, right? So you're doing the, those tasks. How does it affect your energy when you do those tasks? So it's also, hey, we're going to look at what we do in our business and we're going to also look at how does it make us feel? Really, we're saying, hey, what does this do to our state? What are the thoughts, beliefs, and feelings around this activity that that I'm looking to do? So once you have that list, you're going to use the delegate and elevate tool and you're going to put those in those quadrants. So on the bottom right hand side, if you're not watching on YouTube, is the don't like, not good at doing. On the bottom left hand side, don't like, but you're good at doing them. On the top right is you like it and you're good at doing it. And then on the top left is you love it and you are great at doing it. So write down that list, do an audit for a week inside your business of all the things that you do, I would encourage you to do the energy side of it too. Like how does it make you feel when you do those activities? Um, and then put those in one of the four quadrants on the list. And most most listeners, let's face it, aren't gonna do this, but this is a path to getting out from how you feel right now, right? Because if we don't become self-aware and then we don't make a plan to make things better, then we're just going to be in the same place that we are today. So we want things to change. We need to become self-aware and create a plan uh, to to make a change, right? Things this, just don't get better. Hope this, is not this, a plan. Yeah. And this is the exact how-to because people asked us to make this, this podcast about how to stop being burned out. This is your actionable action step. This is the, the exercise. This is what you do. So if you're actually in a high level of pain, you would do it to your point. The people who don't, they're probably in that comfortable amount of pain. It's kind of like agitating. It's a little uncomfortable, but they're not like, I am in hell. I need to get out of this, right? So like that's yep. people who will do it. 
Um, just to kind of add on the energy component of it, it's just either two highlighter colors or two different uh, little like stars. So it might be like green, it gives you energy, red, it sex your energy. If you don't got two highlighter colors, you just put star, it gives me energy, and then some other kind of mark, you know, an X, it takes away energy. And you just go down to your list. And because it's like, there's things you like to do and you're good at it, but like you also feel drained after doing it. And so it might be something that's like, I'm really good at, um, you know, like I would say in the don't like, but I'm good at, like I'm good at diffusing, you know, toxic situations. You know, two team members are fighting, a client is upset. I can call and I can put that fire out and I can kind of smooth things over. Um, and so I'm good at it but I don't like to do it. So it's like, I'm going to definitely put an X next to that. It takes my energy away. But if there's something that I'm good at and, and I don't like to do it, but like maybe it does kind of give me energy. It might be one of those things that I like writing content. And so I'm good at it, but maybe I don't like to schedule it. So it's like, there's a sub part to it. It's kind of understanding step one gives me energy. Step two doesn't by having that little small indicator, like I know what to delegate. So it's like Dustin writes the content, so-and-so schedules the content. Like they both are part of the task, but there's steps that you might like, and there's might be steps you don't, you know, it's like, I love creating the marketing content, but I don't like actually pressing send in the CRM and pushing it out and managing all the replies. So it's like, there's two tasks that need to be done within that main project, but I only want part of it. I don't want all of it. So like thinking through it in that way too, you know? Absolutely. A uh, good example was you made a post the other day of like, hey, I can do phone calls all day, but Zoom calls drain me of energy. So yeah. taking coaching calls via the telephone versus via Zoom, right? And I, I'm the same way. Like, man, an hour on the phone flies by an hour in Zoom. I'm like, uh, you're like nodding off, right? So because it just requires completely different energy. So like knowing yourself, becoming self-aware, how do things affect you? Like, is there a different way you can go about doing the activity that has a different result on your energy? Um, and oftentimes you just step back and sometimes we got to step back and we got to get above the trees to be able to, to bring that awareness uh, to us. So the next thing is uh, putting it on the, putting it on your delegate and elevate paper and then what do we do with it, right? So if it's in the bottom right, which is don't like, not good, robbing you of energy, you're going to eliminate it immediately. Figure out how to just get rid of it. Oftentimes, there's a lot of stuff that we do that we just isn't necessary or we've been doing it for two years and you go, why are we still doing this? Or we're still doing that. Why are we still doing that? So you might even have team members or you doing things that aren't even necessary anymore, right? Um, and it's really frustrating when those are the things that you don't like and not good at doing and you're doing them for absolutely no reason. Or your team member, team members might be frustrated because they're doing a lot of stuff they don't like and they're not good at doing as well. So this is also a good tool for, for team members as well. Like obviously you can't just give team members everything that they want, but what you will find is a lot of stuff that you don't like and you're not good at doing, that is actually somebody's zone of genius they love it. They're great at doing it or they like it and they're good at doing it. So by you not delegating it, you're actually robbing them of the things that are in their top quadrants. So eliminate it immediately, delegate it immediately. Just get rid of whatever's in the bottom right-hand corner, no matter what, or else you're going to continue to feel like shit. Bottom left, the book calls it your personal hell because you are good at it, right? But you don't like it. But because you're good at it, 
oftentimes we don't get rid of it or we feel like no one else can do it as good as we can do it, right? Um, so obviously with with Dustin's content, no one on his team is going to write content like Dustin does. But he can do the content which he likes to do, but get rid of the part that he doesn't like to do that robs him of energy, which is the scheduling it and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So uh, that's a great way to break it up. But personal hell, we got to delegate that. So once we delegate the bottom right hand, we got to delegate the bottom left hand. And then we move to the top right. Um, a great description from the book is you don't spring out of bed, but you don't mind doing it, right? So Whoa. again, you like it, fair enough. Like, like you're good at it, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm so freaking excited I get to do this. That would be the third quadrant we want to eliminate until you get to the point that it's your genetic encoding. You love it. You're great at doing it. Uh, Dan Sullivan calls it your zone of genius. So we want to be able to get that. So the, the task here is once you decide, uh, once you fill this out, your goal is every quarter you should be eliminating or delegating at least one item, at least one thing every single quarter. In reality, you most likely could delegate something away every single month if you really like were uh, urgent about it, right? There might be some mm -hmm. things that you get rid of five to 10 things right away, um, especially if you're completely burned out. Um, so like every quarter minimum, your task and your job is to delegate and elevate. So get rid of at least one thing, which then means you get to elevate to the things that are either you like doing, you're good at doing, or you love, or you're great at doing, right? So imagine that that compounds. If you do it once a month or once a quarter over a decade, like think about the compounding effect of that and what place you're going to be in, right? Because you're not going to solve your life by delegating one thing away off your plate. But if you delegate something away every month, and you do that for a year, you're going to be in a completely different state and your business is probably going to be much better off uh, as well. So that is something to look at. That's also a good tool to use with your team members, especially if they're feeling tired and burned out. Sometimes your managers specifically are doing a lot of stuff that is in the bottom quadrants for them and they just feel like they have to do it or their ego gets involved where they're like, no one else can do it better than me or they don't want to feel like they're inconveniencing their team. But again, if you're burned out and your energy and your state is bad as a manager, the business is going to struggle. And then the owner is going to struggle because now they're dealing with a manager that has bad energy and is in a bad state, which then often means that they have to step back into the business to compensate for the manager being having bad energy or a bad state or managing the business poorly because they are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. So as an owner, if you have a manager, one of the best things that you can do is help manage your manager's energy in their states. Because if they're good and they're where they need to be, then the issues and the problems typically aren't going to be found in the business. For me, a lot of times that I've had to step back in and kind of feel like I go backwards is when a manager does a bad job or they leave and quit, or we have to fire them because a lot of stuff that isn't right. And a lot of it, if we're just being honest, started with them doing a lot of stuff that they don't like doing, they're not good at doing, or they don't like doing and they're good at it, right? And they're not managing their team well, or they're coming into work 
with bad energy and in bad states and they're not leading their team well, right? So with that, part of being a good owner is then going to your front line and then going, hey, how do I help them be able to do this? Like you're the most important. And a lot of times we sacrifice our energy and our states for the expense of other people. But this is your business. This is your vessel. They can jump off the fucking ship anytime they want. But it is, you're staying on the ship. You're the captain of the ship. You're, you're going to go to the bottom of the ocean with the ship, right? Do you want a healthy ship or not? I want a healthy ship, right? Like the ship must be healthy for everything to survive. The ship must be healthy for the business to survive. The ship must be healthy for the teammates to survive. So you need to take care of yourself first and your state and your energy first. So when you're looking at the delegate and elevate tool, do not think about how it's going to be perceived by other people. You are doing it for your health, for the health of your business, which when the owner is healthy and the owner's energy is good and your states are good, that radiates through the entire company. If your energy is bad and your states are bad, that radiates through the entire company as well, or you start going MIA and that starts affecting the business because you don't want to be there anymore. And the hard part as an owner, there is zero accountability for you. You can put your head in the sand and hide all you want. There's not really, yes. no one's going to do anything, right? Clients might not show up. They might stop paying, whatever. There's consequences, but there's no accountability for what happens, right? So like you have to have a business that you want to be there that you're excited about. And the only way to do that is take care of that with the delegate and elevate tool. And then you can bring down, don't make decisions of what you're going to do in your business based on how other people feel about what you're asking them to do. Right? So take mm -hmm. care of you first, then your frontline manager and, and then down. Right? So I know that like a lot of people, like, you got to be a, a selfless leader and your job is to serve your team and serve your business. The way you serve your team and serve your business by being fucking fired up about your business and what you guys do. The way you don't serve your team is by taking on all the stuff you hate and then you being miserable and being burned out. That is not selfless leadership. That is not servant leadership. So don't think you're being selfish by getting things off your plate. You're actually being selfless because now you can give the business what it needs to, to be successful. I like that point that they're the constant and that the the team members are the variables. Like no team member is going to pretty much stay with you through the entire lifespan of the business. You know, that'd be a happy yep. thought. We, we might, maybe we all blindly thought that when we got into business, but then you quickly realize I'm the only one that's got the business's back. The business has got my back and we're the only two ride or dies. Everybody else, like they, they'll stay for a short season, a long season, but like they will come and go. I'm the constant. But what a lot of gym owners do is they'll, they'll mold to what the team needs and they'll say like, you know, Oh, you don't like that. Don't worry. I'll do that. And they just become the junk drawer of all the leftovers that everybody else on the team doesn't want to do. And then no wonder they feel burned out when you need to build your team around you. And, and it's like, yep. I'm hiring someone to do X cause I don't like to do it. And so you're hired, you know, not versus what do you like to do? I'll pick up the slack. That's literally just going to suck you of energy and you're going to hate your business. But that even goes back to like, hey, what are you hiring them for? What's their roles and responsibilities? What's the personality right. type that that is needed for that? So oftentimes, one, we hire without knowing what we're hiring for and then we try to figure it out. 
But if you're hiring for roles and responsibilities, find people that that is their top right and left quadrants of what we're asking them to do, right? Versus, well, you just pick up the scraps and try to figure out how to make that person happy. Oftentimes when we make our team members happy, right, which usually means giving in, usually means lowering our standards, usually it's at the expense of us and our business. And then what are we doing? And then those people aren't going to be here forever, right? So there's a phrase that I actually have in this presentation is, Treat people like you want them to be here forever, but expect that they're not going to be, right? Mm. Because if you expect people to be here forever, like think about the day that they say, hey, I found another job or, hey, I'm leaving. Or, you know, oftentimes team members that are amazing, when they leave, like they start a family, the schedule no longer works for them. And like, you're like, man, I invested five years, seven years into this person. Like if you take it personal, what kind of states does that put you in? Right. So you want to treat them like you want them here forever, but you need to expect that they're not going to be here forever. And that puts you in a good state. Right. Like when people tell me, hey, I'm leaving, like just recently we had a, a key team member a week ago say, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I just invested a lot of stuff with that person. And I said, okay, like sucks. I love you, but I understand. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but it was also an expectation that people aren't going to be here forever. So I don't take it personal right? I don't go, oh man, you're really screwing me over and you're screwing the business over and this is going to put us in a bad position and take on the victim in the martyr position. Although I'm thinking like this sucks, yeah. right? But like what's your state around what what's going down? I have one team member that left a long time ago and he's like, dude, it blew me away how well you handled that. I said I was leaving. Like he's like, I thought you were going to be mad at me. I thought you're going to be upset at me. I thought you're going to be And he's like, you were actually like really happy for me because he was leaving to go do something that I knew he was more passionate about doing. And lo and behold, he's like freaking crushing it at what he's doing now. Right. But he was like a big influence on him though was he thought he was going to, I was going to be upset. I was going to be mad. I was going to like think less of him. And I was like a big supporter of him leaving our business because I knew it was better for him and long-term, right? Hey, gym owners, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Well, I wanted to let you know, we have open enrollment now for the Fitness Empire Mastermind, where we give you everything you need to grow your business. We have done for you marketing campaigns. We even have team trainings where we train your team members for you. And we have a ton of done for you assets and resources. And it's all inside the Fitness Empire Mastermind. We have weekly coaching calls as well. So you can talk to me or Matt directly And it's a lot different than this podcast where it's just a one-way conversation. We're just talking at you. Well, in the mastermind, we can actually exchange dialogue and we can help you grow your business. And the best part is you get a one-on-one call with him or myself every single month so we can help you to outline your attack plan to grow your business. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to fitnessempiremastermind.com to apply. Not all gym owners are going to be a good fit. I just want to call that out now because we need you to be at a certain level to be able to take action on what we teach. And also we got to make sure you're good for the culture within our mastermind. We're very protective that only positive and coachable owners join the program. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to fitnessempiremastermind.com to apply. And shouldn't that be the mindset all owners have is like, your job is to develop them while they're with you. Your job is not to keep them forever. I know that a lot of owners get into that mindset. That might be why their expectation gets blown and they get frustrated. It's like, 
man, I thought you were going to be here with me to the end. And it's like, well, maybe you should have not started with that expectation. You're like, I'm going to be a steward of this person. I'm going to develop them as a person and a professional. And one day they're going to move on and they're going to be better for it. And then I've done my job. And if my business grew while they were here and they grew, that's the win-win we were looking for. But it's not to keep people forever. They should evolve. They should move on. They should punch up in their career and move on to bigger and better things. And that's yeah, totally especially fine. if they're if they can't do bigger and better things here, right? You're going to want to, like, if they are limited, like if, you know, hey, like this is the most you'll ever make here and this is the highest position that we have and they desire more and they want more, what can you do? Like, so you're going to hold them back. And I always kind of think about it. It's like your kids. Most parents want their kids around like forever, right? But they know that they can't be around forever. They need to fly the coop and they need to go and live their life and have more opportunities and, and do all those things. It's the same thing with our clients. They get upset when a coach leaves, but it's like, hey, like, that's like a kid flying the coop, man. Like he grew up, he's ready to go fly. He's ready to go take on bigger and better challenges for them and, and follow their purpose and their passion. Like we need to be happy for them. Does it hurt? Does it suck? Do we wish they were here? Yes, 100%. Hurts every freaking time, but you can't take it personal, right? It's when we take it personal and create a negative meaning because we get to create the meaning What's the meaning behind what's happening? Like you create the meaning, the meaning creates the thoughts, the beliefs, and the feelings, which creates your state about what is happening, right? And then if you can make it a celebration when these things happen, it it helps the culture of the business. It's not a funeral, right? Now, the next thing is with people that you love. So we define doing what you love. You need to do the delegate and elevate tool and look at how it affects your energy and at least once a quarter, Knock something off so you delegate it away, elevate. The next thing is making sure you're doing it with people that you love. You, as the owner, get to choose who you work with. You get to choose. 80% of success in our business is who you work with, but longevity in our business is being able to do it with people that give you energy and put you in positive states. If every single day you come into work and you get to work with people that give you energy and put you in positive states... That's a great place to be. A really bad place to be is, uh, I got to work with so-and-so today or I got a meeting with so-and-so like, this is going to suck. They're just going to complain and this is going to happen. Like, now you're in negative states, but guess what? It's your fault. You hired them and you have the ability to either influence them to be more positive and be in a positive state or at least teach them how to interact with you because you can tell them like, hey, like when you're around me, don't do these things anymore, right? Because this is the state that it puts me in. Like you get to create the boundaries with other people in your life. You get to influence how people treat you. You get to influence how they talk to you. You get to influence what they get to do around you. If there's things other people don't like, then either you need to remove yourself from those people or you need to set boundaries and really teach them how to engage with you. A uh, perfect example of this my wife doesn't listen to the podcast so I can say whatever I want on the podcast <laughs> is my wife used to like basically dump stuff on me at like 10 o'clock at night when I'm just trying to go to bed. Oh, that's my wife too. And, it, and it's like, do not do that. Right? Like, I don't care. Save it for the meeting. Save it for tomorrow. Like I'm trying to go to bed because my brain goes into problem solving mode. You just dumped a problem on my brain. But now I can't sleep. I am actively literally trying to solve the problem that you just gave me. So 
I yeah. kindly ask you to not give me problems before I'm trying to go to bed, right? But with that, for her, like, that was just like when she wanted to be able to do that or that's when she felt like she had, you know, the ability to communicate to me. But it put me in such a negative state that it wasn't healthy, right? So she wasn't doing anything wrong. It just wasn't right for my state and my health. So I said like, so whenever she would try to bring something up, I'd like save it for the meeting or save it for tomorrow. Like, I don't care. Because guess what? I really actually can't solve a fucking problem at 10 o'clock at night. So, but it can make me not sleep. And then if I don't sleep, then that makes me not want to do other things, right? So it puts me in a bad state the rest of the day. So with that, when you set a boundary, when you communicate a boundary, you have to be willing to reinforce that boundary. So if you tell team members like, hey, these are certain things that I don't, don't like you doing or I don't like. I used to have a team member and like her heart was in the right place, but whenever there's a problem, she'd be like, everybody, everybody's saying this and everybody's doing that. I'm like, so I had to learn, I had to learn how many people. Because when she would come to me and she would say, everybody, I would instantly quit whatever I'm doing. I would go into like reaction mode and try to fix it. And and then I'm like creating more problems for the business because it's not everybody, it's two people. Now, instead of two people being upset, now like 20 people are upset because I'm solving for a problem or trying to fix a problem that really doesn't even exist because that person overreacted, right? So I had to teach that person, hey, when you come to me with a problem, I need the stats. I need the like the actual numbers of what's happening because then that will help me determine how I need to respond to to the situation, right? But for like a good six months, man, like that person had me fucking just firefighter mode and like being super reactive in my business. And it wasn't that her intent wasn't right. It just was wrong for me and it was wrong for the business. So I had to train that person how to how to communicate with me. And you have to be willing. If people aren't willing to play by your rules then you either need to eliminate them or you need to have an edited relationship so you protect yourself and protect your your states. But when I was at the peak of like, I don't like to use the word burnout, but I was at the peak of like, I fucking hate my business right now, was I was doing it with people that, honestly, I didn't share similar values with, right? So the first step of like, really, who do I want to do business with is when you do business with people that have shared values, it becomes a lot easier, right? So really defining your your values as a human. I'm not talking like your business core values. I'm talking about your values as a human. What do you value from other people? Because once you define what you value from other people, you will realize that when people don't live with those values or they go in contrast to those values, you're going to feel miserable around those people and they're going to drive you absolutely nuts. So what values must those around you have? So for me, the number one thing that somebody has to have is emotional control. If you don't have emotional control and I don't know how you're going to show up or you're going to be offended at every freaking thing that is said, like, and I have to worry about your feelings and your emotions all the time. And every decision I make, I have to run through the, the lens of how is it going to affect you as a person? Because I know that you're going to need to be talked off the ledge. You can't be in my business. I don't care how good of a performer you are. You can't be in my business. You are bad for my mental state and my energy, and it is not worth it, right? So that's the number one thing that I look at. Like, obviously, me and you, Dustin, like, do we roll with any punches and we're good. Like, we're like, 
you know, whatever, right? Like, like, hey, Dustin, in 15 minutes, I need you to do whatever. And you're like, oh, I got it, dude. Like, <laughs> that is a good relationship. Like, if I had to always worry, like, hey, Dustin, we, I got an idea. And you're like, ah, and you're going to be like all over the place. Like, it wouldn't work, right? And vice versa. I got to imagine you're very similar on that front, right? I had oh, to be no. able to, to trust you. So part of the, especially if you're in my inner circle. So like part of this too is like, when I think like inner circle leadership team, uh, trust is what do you do when you leave the meeting? So when you leave the meeting, what are you doing? What conversations are you having? Are you having the meeting after the meeting? Are you calling somebody up? Like, can you believe what Matt just said? Like, what are you being able to, again, yeah. part of it is like, are are they having on mission conversations or off mission conversations? Well done. Right? Like what can I trust that you're having on mission conversations? Can I trust that you're getting the team on board with where we're going and what we're trying to do? Can I trust that you're making decisions right behind the scenes, not sabotaging them? And at the time I had a lot of people I couldn't trust. They would say the right thing to your face and then they would go cause conflict and drama an off-mission type crap behind the scenes, right? That goes into mission focus. What's the conversations? Are we having mission-focused conversations? Are we talking about how we're going to grow, how we're going to help more people, how we're going to make the product better? Are we talking about something somebody did and we can't believe they did it and then talking crap about them? Whatever it takes mentality, like legit whatever it takes mentality. And some of the people, honestly, they had a whatever it takes mentality, but the first three were off as they were off. Like, so it, it didn't matter, right? You needed to have all these things being like, hey man, I'm going to roll my sleeves and we're going to go. I'm willing to get dirty. I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm not not tracking hours. I'm not counting time. I'm not keeping score, whatever it takes, right? Uh, solution focused. So are you just calling out all the problems and all the issues? Because anyone can do that. You, you just being like, hey, this is the problem, but then you're never solution focused or you dump you find a problem for every solution, I can't be around you, right? Or I need to limit my time. And then really the pursuit of being the best. And that means having a high standard. There was a point where it wasn't about being the best. It was about how do we do the littlest and try to gain the most. Man. That doesn't work, right? Like, because you, you have team members that are burned out and they're tired. So we had frontline leaders that weren't fighting for what was the best. They were fighting for how do we do it the least. And then, so it was always a struggle. It was always a fight to do the right thing for the clients. It was always a fight to do the right thing for the business. And you do that long enough, man, like you want to tap out, right? So for me, I defi- I'm like, these are the things that I need from people around me. And if you don't have these things, I can't have you around me. But what you will find when you have these values, and this is more, again, like inner circle. And what I have found is your inner circle has got to be less and less and less. Too big of an inner circle isn't good, right? So the people that are around me, the people that I'm having meetings with, they need to have these things. And if they can't have these things, they can't be around me. They, they can't be in my inner circle. So now these are the filters that I look through of anyone that I do business with or I like like think about bringing into my inner circle, these are the values that they must have. And if they don't have these values, then that we we can't uh, we can't have a relationship. 
So I know it sounds ruthless and it sounds hard, but I'm telling you right now, if you want to be in this game for a long time, become self-aware of what you value and then make sure that the people around you align uh, with those values. Now, again, like if somebody's like short on one of them, that's okay to an extent, depending on what it is. Like the first one for me is non-negotiable. The second one for me is non-negotiable as well. Yeah. The other ones, there, there's a little bit of leeway, right? Like not everyone's going to be perfectly uh, aligning with those, but those first two are 1000% non-negotiable for me. All right. And then with that, I, I created the a people matrix that kind of aligns with the, the elevate and delegate tool or delegate and elevate tool of really defining the people in your life. So again, make a list of all the people in your life, all your employees, all your managers, all the people in your family, everyone that's got close contact with you. And now you're going to put them on this. And it's the same quadrant type of thing. So on the bottom, they steal value from you. They rob you of energy. Uh, you need to be a completely different person around them and you share no values. So like these are the type of people that you know that anything you say is going to be used against you. They're keeping score. They're the, the negative Nancys. They're the, the people behind the scenes that are talking shit about you and, and causing conflict inside of your, your organization, right? And uh, eliminate them. If somebody were to come to you, into your house and you had $100 and they stole the $100, would you invite that person back to your house? I hope the answer is no. But when you have these people in your organization, they are literally stealing from you every single day. They are stealing your energy and they are stealing your state. So eliminate them from your life. On the bottom left, neutral, right? You don't really share any value. They don't provide you any value, right? They don't take your energy, uh, kind of take it or leave it. You don't really enjoy being around them, but they don't really like rub you the wrong way. Um, still need to kind of guard yourself around that person because you don't know them very well. You share some values, right? So like that would be the next group of people to to eliminate. If you're putting people in the top quadrant, you find more people in the top quadrant, you naturally have less time for, for people in the bottom quadrant. But oftentimes when we're in negative states and we're burned out, we're spending all our time and energy on these bottom two quadrants of people. The people that are causing conflict in your business, you're spending all your time and energy talking about them and trying to fix the problem versus just let's eliminate them. I can't tell you, dude, like how quickly my states changed when I got rid of a few people. Like it was like overnight, I felt better knowing that I didn't have to go in a meeting with them, knowing that I didn't need to have conflict every single freaking day about shit that doesn't matter. Knowing that I don't have to worry about, you know, who, who they're having off mission conversations with or if they're talking crap about me behind my back to people or if they're sabotaging the mission in the direction that we're trying to go. Woo, I'm telling you, like it's like a, a massive relief off your shoulder, right? Top right-hand corner is going to be people that... Um, I got to move you guys out of my, my screen here. I know you can't see it on your screen. Provide some value. Uh, don't take your energy. You enjoy being around them, uh, but you still kind of need to guard yourself. Um, and you share most values. There's people in life that they're great people, but you just know that not everything that you say could be trusted, right? So you just kind of got to guard yourself and how you show up and what you say um, because you never know when it is going to be used against you. And I always say people are loyal until they're not. 
Mm-hmm. There's people that, man, when they're when they're on like on board, like they're ride or die. But the minute they get off board, man, they will use everything you've ever said and ever done against you. Um, like I've I've had people that they leave and then magically they're upset about something that happened five years ago, and you're like, what? Right, and they run your name through the mud. But when they were on board, man, thick as thieves. But then afterwards, like, man, they 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 hurt you the most. Uh, so you just got to be again careful of who you're letting in and who you're talking to and what you're talking to them about. On the last left hand side is provide great value, give you energy, love being around them. You can be your true self, and you share most or all values, you know, with that person. Like, those are the people that you want to be around. Those are the people that you want to spend more time with and try to be diligent about spending time with them. And I guarantee you, like, if you were to look at your time management, who you're spending your time and energy on, if you're burned out and you're tired and you're like, I hate my business, I bet you're spending lots of time on those bottom two quadrants and spending very little time on that top left-hand quadrant. So part of it might just be looking at a time audit of like, who do I need to be spending time with? Who's getting my energy? Who's like, I mean, all the leadership books are like, hey, 80% of your time should be spent with your high performers and 20% of your time should be spent with your low performers. But in reality, if we're not careful, we're spending 80% of our time with our low performers there in the bottom quadrants and we're spending very little time with our high performers, which then starts to suffer their performance because all your high performers need is a little bit of time and recognition and appreciation and maybe some reward to keep them being high performers. But because you're so focused on your low performers, then your high performers don't get it and they start sinking mm-hmm. down to becoming lower performers, right? So those are just things to, to be thinking about is who now are you focusing on? Who is now influencing you? Who are you spending time with? Those all matter to and affect your energy in your states. Anything you want to add to that, Dustin? No, I think one thing I would say is when it comes to relationships, we're talking about you, but it's also going to trickle to your team and it's also going to trickle to your clients. But I find with clients, you're going to kind of get a, a mix match. Like some of them will be pro that person and will, will be mad they're gone and they'll miss them. And then there'll be others that will come to you and say, hey, you did, I didn't want to ever say this, but now that they're gone, let me tell you X, Y, Z. And they kind of share. Yeah. And so that happens every single time. And so, you know, that that's just hard to know until you get to the other side of it. Like, is this going to pan out that way? Or did this person have like 90% positive relationships and it's going to be this mass, you know, uprising of people upset, but they don't know how they treated us. Cause I've had that where people are really good customer facing, but they're really bad team facing. And so the customers only saw the best and then we got the worst. So they, yep. and you can't sit there and throw them under the bus and say, well, let me give you the dirt on them. You kind of just got to eat a crap sandwich and get through it. Um, so, and then, you know, they want to dig, they want to say, tell me more what's going on. And you kind of got to protect for legal reasons. And just to be a good leader, you can't throw people under the bus. Yeah. So it, it is about trying to find these things out sooner than later. Cause I'm sure me and Matt would both agree that the longer you let it go on, the uglier and bigger it's going to be. So if you can identify it earlier on, make the call, listen to your gut, make the call sooner. If they're not a good fit early on, it's it's going to still not be a good fit later on, except now they're going to have a ton of relationships that it's yep. going to bring the whole thing burning down, you know? 1,000%, right? Like, it's like, you let it linger, and then it makes it harder and harder and harder and harder to do. 
I had one one team member at one of our locations, like the dude was just pretty much a perv. Um he he was sending um like eighteen year olds like half naked snapshots, Snapchats, like they're they're like clients of ours. So like we let him go, obviously. And then there was like five clients were like, I can't believe you let this person go. He was your best coach. He's the most mature. He's the most this and he's the most that. And I'm like, lady, if you knew half of why he was let go, you would not be talking to me this way. And I told her that like in a nice way, right? I'm just like, you're just going to have to trust that we made the right decision because the reason we let that person go was like, it was completely inappropriate what they were doing. So like, but that client like was ready to battle us, right? For something that is inexcusable and a non-negotiable that if she knew what he did, she would be really embarrassed. But that is stuff that you got to deal with, right? So we're going to go just rapid fire here in the next like 10 minutes and then then we'll be done of just some mindset things to be thinking about. I learned this from one of my first mentors, Bedros. He said, you have to have edited relationships. So anyone that you can't fire, your family, your close relatives, your whatever it may be, that have negative influences on your states, then you just need to have edited relationships with them, whether that means you just only see them at the holidays, but also go into those those meetings like protecting your states and, and knowing that, mm-hmm. hey, maybe your Uncle Bob is an asshole and he says really stupid shit. Like, don't get upset about it. Like, you already know he's just going to say stupid shit. Just let it roll off, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have an Uncle Bob, if anyone's wondering. I don't have that mm-hmm. person, but somebody does, right? Where you're like... You just know they're going to say something stupid, something negative, something, and everything in your being is going to be wanting to like push back. Don't, right? Like at the end of the day, like if you don't want to be a circus monkey, like don't, don't entertain that, right? Like, because you might be, hey, that person's an idiot. But if you're going back and forth with an idiot, that makes you the second idiot. So let's just like ignore it. Let it go. There's nothing to it, right? So that's with other people. Like if you can't fire them, you can't let them go. You're not going to fire a client, but you know they're the most negative person in the world. Like, oh, that's just who they are, right? Like don't take it personal. Don't be like, oh my God, this person's so negative. This person's so like all you're doing is creating a more negative and bad state for yourself about that person. Just accept it and move on. We all have flaws. We're probably all that person to somebody, right? But you get to control how you respond and react to that situation and the meaning that you create about it. So just create an added relationship. Mm-hmm. Like like if you see that person, you, you see them like a lot of times, start reducing your interactions with that person and don't allow them to influence you. You get to dictate if they get to influence you or not. Um, vagueness is the enemy, right? So clarity provides energy. Oftentimes, again, when we're feeling drained, we're feeling burned out, we don't really have clarity on the mission. We don't have clarity on the goal. We don't have clarity on where we're going. So I would argue step back and get clear on where we're going as a company. What's the next target? What's the next thing that we're trying to to achieve? Because if you don't have clarity on those things and you're just doing a lot of work, so maybe you are making progress, but you don't even realize you're making progress because you're not even measuring it, right? So set a target, get clear on the direction that we're going to go, and then that is going to to energize you. And oftentimes when I'm feeling de-energized, it's because I've lost focus on the mission. I've lost focus on where we're trying to go. I've lost focus on on setting targets. And that's the same thing as your your clients, right? Like help them set goals, help them set targets. Same thing with your team members. Help them set goals, help them set targets. 
very clear targets that we want to hit in a time period, right? That will re-energize you and get you re-excited, especially some of you have some high performers. They just need a goal. And if they got a goal, they're going to go, right? Next thing, and this is random, have a non-compete. The only thing that's ever hurt my business is team members leaving and competing and going down the road. That's the only thing that's hurt my business ever besides COVID. COVID hurt too, but this this hurts, right? So can it affect COVID, but I can affect this. Because when your team members leave, that creates drama and conflict in your locations. That creates drama and conflict with your team members. And now we're having way off mission conversations with clients and, and team members, right? So that will destruct your, your culture. So have a non-compete. And yes, you can have an enforceable non-compete. Make it a reasonable five mile radius around your location because if they go and open a gym outside of the five mile radius, there's not a whole lot they can do to you. But if you let them open a half mile down the road, yes, they can steal two or 300 clients because it's happened to me. So um, have a non-compete. Uh, live by principles, not by optics. The first time that I actually heard this was uh, Dave Ramsey at an event. Uh, and this is when like COVID was happening and cancel culture was happening. And he was just like, you got to live by principles, not by optics. And optics is always like, hey, how do I massage this? How do I make this sound better? How do I make it so everyone's going to be happy versus like, hey, this is what it is. This is why we're doing it. And I stand by it, right? So if you do things for the right reasons, right, then you're going to be able to sleep at night. If you're always worried about optics and always doing things for how you think people are going to be responding, then you're going to be absolutely miserable inside of your business. You win by being you. You don't win by being somebody else, right? So be authentically you. Oftentimes we try to be who we're not. I'm 1000% guilty of this because I am like a hard charging person. When I try to soften my message and try to baby people and try to like be nice, uh, not, I'm kind, I'm always kind. But sometimes when I try to be nice, where I baby people or I try to lower the standard or I try to, allow people to like pussify stuff for, for other people, then we lose, right? Because I'm not being me. So you need to win by being you and being authentically you, but you be the best version of you. If you don't like the current version of yourself, you can create a new version of yourself, right? So if there's something that you want to achieve in life, the question you have to ask is who must I become to achieve that? And then work towards becoming that person and give yourself permission to become that person. So if you're an asshole, don't be like, well, I'm an asshole. That's who I am. Well, you're going to lose, right? Because assholes lose. So like always be working to become the next best version of yourself. Set a goal. Who must I be come to achieve that and work towards that, right? But be authentically you. If you're trying to fake it, if you're not being yourself, like you're never going to be able to do that long term and you're going to burn out because that's exhausting, right? You're never as good as you think you are. Right. So sometimes when things are going good, our egos start coming into play. We start reading our press uh, uh, clippings and bad stuff starts happening or we start we take the, the foot off the pedal. We stop working as hard. We stop doing what got us to, to the mountaintop. But you're also not as bad as you think you are. When bad things happen, maybe on a Friday, you know, before uh, the first of the month, you get three cancellations. You're like, oh, my God, my business is burning down. This is awful. Everybody hates us. Right. So you're also never as bad as you think you are. So you want to be somewhere in the middle. Right. We want to stay humble. Um, we never want to be overinflated ego, but we also don't want to be Eeyore in the dumps that we we can't do anything right because 
obviously that puts us in a bad state and we don't make good decisions in a bad state. The truth is, everyone is just trying to figure it out. No one truly has it figured out. Uh, you have to have the courage to act. What I mean by that is, if you feel like something's right, you feel like that's what we need to do, oftentimes there isn't something to look towards where you're going to 100% know that's the right decision. But have the courage to act anyways. 99% of the time you can undo your decisions. Uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, recently I heard him say there, there's kind of like two types of decisions, a one-way door and a two-way door. So if there's a two-way door, what he means by that is like you make the decision, you decide it's wrong, you can go back. A one-way door is it is a crippling decision. It can hurt the business. So when it's a two-way door, he's like, I feel comfortable moving a little bit quicker, right? And having the courage to make that decision versus a one-way door. Like he's like, that's the time that you slow play you get more, you know, really make sure you get all the data uh, because it's going to be really hard uh, to undo. But realize, even Jeff Bezos, he's just trying to figure it out. He doesn't know. Every CEO, every business owner does not know for a fact what they're going to do is going to work. You can have data, you can have whatever you, whatever it may be, right? But you always have to have courage. There's not always a perfect right decision ever inside a business. And we're all just fucking well, trying maybe. to figure it out. Obviously, when you've been at it as long as me and Dustin have, we have some things figured out that we feel very confident that it's going to, to be right. But you can sabotage a right decision. You can take a decision that's 1,000% right on paper and you can sabotage it and fuck it up. And then you're going to say it was the decision. No, it was the what you be, how you behaved after the decision that matters. How your team behaves after the decision that matters. How you influence your team and your clients about the decision that you're making is going to end up dictating whether the decision is right or wrong. Um, all that matters in life is what you believe that matters. All that matters in life is what you believe that matters. So you get to put the energy behind what you think matters. Like if somebody cancels and you think it's the most important thing in the world, th then it matters. But if one person cancels and you're like, it's not a big deal, then it doesn't matter. Right. So you get to determine what matters in life. And, you know, as I've become a dad, the things that I thought mattered before don't really matter. Right. Like my mm. my kids being healthy is one of the only things that matters in life. Mm. Right. Not some of the other things that I thought used to matter. But I determine that belief. No one else does. So if you have beliefs about something mattering that is negative that is bad for your states, the only person that can change that belief is you, right? So oftentimes when we're burned out, we're often worrying about things that actually don't matter. In enough time, they will not matter. And you will think it was silly that you spent so much time and energy on something that didn't actually matter. Your inputs determine your outputs in life. How intentional are you about your inputs? What are you listening to? Right? Who's your mentors? Who are you getting coaching by? What's the podcast? What's the you know YouTube? What's the news? And if you're burned down, you're tired, and you're exhausted, oftentimes people aren't getting the right inputs. They might not be getting any inputs. The only input is themselves. Sometimes we need external inputs when we're down in the dumps. We need somebody else influencing our thoughts or beliefs and our feelings about life. 
And so how intentional are you about doing that? How intentional are you about the inputs into your team? Because I have found, and it's the same thing with me, idle minds are the devil's playground. So yeah. if I'm not intentional about my inputs, my thoughts, my beliefs, and my feelings start getting more negative. So that's when you plug back into podcasts. That's when you start plugging into positive mentors. That's when you start plugging into masterminds uh, because you need those positive inputs into your life. And, and me personally, like I, I find when I'm not reading, then my states start getting lower because most reading is a positive input, right? And the minute I start reading again and start getting those positive thoughts, those positive beliefs, those positive feelings, it makes an impact on, on my energy on a daily basis. So sometimes we fall out of our habits of putting those inputs in, right? So be intentional about what inputs do you want inside of your life because that affects your outputs because your inputs are going to affect your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings. Weed and prune your garden. Uh, I learned this from Dave Ramsey too. He said, half dead branches kill the tree. So um, if you look at like really great estates and they have, they have gardeners, half the time they are weeding and pruning like the half dead branches uh, because they know that if they don't prune those branches, they are going to kill the tree. Same thing in our life, right? Like there's, again, people that need to be eliminated or they need to be edited. We need to prune that garden, but we also have thoughts, beliefs, and feelings that don't serve us. What are those thoughts, beliefs, and feelings that don't serve us? So what do we need to start believing? What do we need to stop believing? What do we need to keep believing, right? Like, because if we're not pruning and weeding, eventually those are going to kill the tree, which we don't want to happen, obviously. We want to protect the fruits. So this is all about culture. So there, there was a book um, by John Gordon. Uh, he said, if you want, you want the fruit, you got to protect the root. And, and for you, that's your culture, right? So really the, the culture inside of your company is the thoughts, the beliefs, and the actions of your team especially when you're not there. You know, what are their states about your business? How are they behaving? How are they acting? That is ultimately your culture and you want to try to protect that at all costs. If you have a negative culture inside of your business, it's going to be very hard for you to be positive and, and excited about what you guys do. So really making sure that you're one, you're, you're really defining what your culture is and then you're really ingraining that and expecting that and holding your team accountable to the culture that you want to have inside of your business because it's your business. You're going to be here for life, right? So really making sure that you're you're working on that at all times. When you change the meaning, you change the feeling and you change the emotion. I learned this from Ed Milet and it stuck with me for the last five years. If you have a negative state about something, it means you have a negative meaning about it. So you get to dictate the meaning behind whatever it is that happened to you. Like, let's just say you had trauma in your life. What's the meaning that you're putting behind it? Because that dictates the very thoughts, beliefs, and feelings. So if there's something that you don't like, it's on you to change the meaning that then changes the thoughts, the beliefs, and the feelings behind it, right? So maybe right now you've got a negative state about your business. What's the meaning that you're, you're attaching to your business? You get to change the state. Also about your team members. It's not your team members' jobs to change your states about you and your business. Oftentimes, it's your job to change your state about your team members. So those team members that I talked talk to you about, I couldn't change my state about those team members. They needed to be gone, right? If you want them to stay and you want things to be better, 
oftentimes you have to do the internal work to change your state around those people, right? Because oftentimes when you change your state around those people, oftentimes that influences their behavior massively because there's things that you are doing because you have negative states about them that are directly impacting their negative behaviors. You just don't realize it, right? So there are things that if I wanted to truly repair relationships with those people and make things better, I could have done it. But it would have took me doing a lot of work to change my meaning behind those people and the the meaning that I attached to their actions and the things that they were doing if I wanted to make it work. But it was at a point that I didn't want to make it work and it was just easy to easier to let them go, right? But that's extreme ownership, right? Like oftentimes these people make me feel this way. You're giving them all the power, right? You get to control their meaning. You get to control your thoughts, your beliefs, and your feelings, um, which then obviously dictates your emotions. And our emotions drive everything that we do. This is random, but spotlight what you do and control the narrative. Idle minds are the devil's playground, especially when you're, you've scaled your business and you're maybe doing other businesses and other things. People start writing negative narratives about you because you're not spotlighting all the good things that you are doing, right? If your business does something great for charity, spotlight it, put it on social media, put it out in emails, do a do a press release. When you do things for other people, like as much as you're like, hey, I want to just do things in private, then other people are controlling the narrative, right? So when you're doing things, when you're doing a remodel, when you're working late, when you're doing positive things, you're going the extra mile, find ways to spotlight it because people are watching. So let them... Let them find things that are good about you and your business and, and what you're doing, right? And when we're spotlighting, we're spotlighting clients, we're spotlighting team members. If you're spotlighting yourself, it's not about your success. It's not about any of that. It's about you working hard and going the extra mile to serve your community and serve your clients and serve your team members. Because fastest way to be in a negative state is when people are controlling the narrative and it's wrong and it's not right. That will drive you nuts and that will make you want to quit and make you want to give up. Let me just add a few more things for you. This one really helped me because I got to jump off here in a second. Um, if it doesn't matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes on it. If it doesn't matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes on it. So many of us get caught up in our emotions and again, worry about stuff that doesn't matter that's really very temporary, right? Temporary pain in your life. But just ask yourself, if it doesn't matter in five years, right? Is this going to matter in five years? Is this going to matter in five years? If the answer is no, five minutes or less. And that will massively help you with like working through some of the problems inside of your business. So I'm just going to end it there. There's a few more things down there. Uh, we can go into deeper uh, at the domination workshop, but this is already getting too long and I got I to gotta go take a phone call. So um, <laughs> Anything that you want to add, Dustin, before we jump off? I think the big thing is, guys, um, you know, at the time of this recording, we're about eight weeks from Domination Workshop. So definitely check me and Matt's social media to see the latest post where we put up the registration because this isn't BS marketing. He legit has limited spots in his event space. And so we sold out of that last Domination Workshop. And this one's going to sell out too. And so I just want to urge you to do a lot of the actions you need to take to get into a better place mentally. And one of the ones Matt mentioned over and over again is get around other high performers. Your team's job is not to push you. Our job is to push you. So get around other people 
talk to people who have bigger gyms than you because success leaves clues. So when you get around them, you're just going to hear how they built it and they're going to say it so nonchalantly. And that's what you need. You need your cup filled up. So whether you guys get it from listening to this podcast or reading books or coming to live events, to me, that's the biggest and best one because you get to get away from your day-to-day life and really think higher level. And so that would be my final point I want to make is that you guys got to grab your spot because those spots are going to go quick and they are limited. With that, we'll see you guys next week for another episode and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Hey, do you need a sales rep to take care of all of your lead follow-up? Well, that is exactly what we do at Gym Reinforcements. We plug a sales rep into your business to do all of the inbound and outbound lead nurture. I'm talking text, emails, calls, social media DMs. If you or one of your team members is needing to do that every single day and it is draining, then it's time to head it off to me and my team. So if you want to learn more, go to gymreinforcements.com and we'll be happy to grow your business. 